Welcome to the Rise Out Podcast. I'm your host, Kaz Casillas, performance coach whose emphasis is to optimize human performance at all levels and help you make the decisions needed to live well, feel well. This show is geared towards high-performing parents who are stressed, overworked, overwhelmed, exhausted, are losing hope, and being pulled in every direction while expected to take care of everybody else's needs first before their own. It's time to rise out from the ashes, emerge into your new life, become stronger, more courageous, powerful, more resilient, and acquire the knowledge needed to make better decisions to live well, feel well. Here's today's episode. Enjoy. Today we have Kendra Pennington with Kendra Pennington Holistic Healing. She's a holistic lifestyle consultant, meaning that if you desire to create change in your life emotionally, mentally, physically, and or spiritually, she can assist you in achieving your goals. Kendra received her Bachelor's of Science degree from Texas Tech University in Wildlife and Fisheries Management. In 2016, she went on to obtain her RYS 200 hour in Ashtanga Yoga primary series with Iyengar Alignment Technique from the Himalaya Yoga Valley Center in Cork City, Ireland. Mouthful, but it's okay. In 2018, she completed an 85 hour prenatal yoga certification from Beauty Blossom Birth in Austin, Texas, and is currently seeking her master's in clinical mental health counseling from UTPB to obtain her certification as a licensed professional counselor. She is also in the process of achieving her somatic experience certification training through Peter Levine's trauma healing program. With every consultation, she integrates somatic experience techniques, which is a way of guiding and supporting clients as they get in touch with the language of their body through their felt sense, aka body sensations. Welcome, Kendra. Thanks, Kaj. You did so well. <laughs> How are you doing today? Great. I feel very, um, I don't know. That, that was a lot. It's a lot of light on me. <laughs> That's good. I feel well, good. You are a person who brings so much light into people's lives that I wanted to spotlight you today on the topic of resilience. Do we have enough resilience in our life? And are we resilient enough to keep going? So basically the topic about what we're speaking about today. <laughs> Great, because I was like, that's a lot to unpack. Do you want me? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, and as we as we go, we'll unpack a little bit more about what resilience is, mm-hmm. a kind of holistic definition of what it is and what it entails. That way our listeners and viewers can actually see and understand what resilience actually is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so... What was your first, do you really want me to answer that first question? <laughs> no, 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 Oh, okay, because I was yet. like, no, I think that people aren't really that resilient right now, <laughs> so. No, um, I agree with that aspect. I think that a lot of us still yeah. lack a lot of resilience just because yeah. we've become kind of soft. Yeah. In an aspect of, we give up really easy if something gets hard. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we kind of, in my experience, I've experienced where we take the easy way out. For, an, right. for instance, like divorce rates are higher because it got hard. Um, relationships don't work out just because of whatever reasons, or even just jobs. You don't like your job. So you're like already looking for something else, you know? Right. And I think it's great that you're bringing that up because you're bringing a different perspective than I would have because I don't, I'm not out there like you are with family and kids and all that. Uh, but you're right. And it, but it all comes back to the nervous system. All of that comes back to having a strong nervous system. So we're, we're living life in a way that our nervous system is telling us is safe. 
So that might be to check out early on that job or that relationship, right? Um, and that kind of thing. So, so I think you're you're right on that. Yeah, that makes it makes sense, right? It does. It does. Um, so. The information, though, I just wanted to say this, that I'm going to be giving today is a conglomeration of my opinion, um, classes I've taken, whether it be through school or somatic experience training, uh, through peer-reviewed articles, and through one book specifically that I love, which is called Simplicity Parenting by Kim John Payne. So I just wanted to add that in there so y'all knew I just wasn't making stuff up. <laughs> uh, yeah. Good, good. Let me yeah. ask you a quick question on, on that yeah. topic since we're on it. Mm -hmm. What is resilience and can you really make a difference in your current resilience ability? Absolutely. So resilience is the ability to use your skills and tools gained from life experiences. And in this, it's going to be through your genetics and your modeling. And it all helps regulate your nervous system during these stressful events. Okay. So this begins in utero because of epigenetics. There's a whole new field in epigenetics. So resilience begins in the uterus and it can be fostered and is starting to be fostered throughout childhood. So children, when they have a balanced nervous system, they're able to allow the experiences of their childhood to develop their sense of self, their emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually. Okay. okay. So this is a regulated nervous system. This is a child who is becoming resilient. And so from adolescence to ongoing, as you're, you're aging, your nervous system is going to create this blueprint of life has an ebb and flow. And I have that self-actualization to get through it. Okay. Right. Okay. So yes, resilience can be fostered. And I believe it's a lifelong process. So I don't believe that if you don't have resilience in utero or as a child, you're never going to be able to have it. It's this, this developing thing. Like it, you can go back, you can come out of it, you can come in it. And yeah, it's a, it's lifelong. Do you feel like as a child, we're more resilient just because we're learning so much and trying new things? I think so. I think if your environment isn't constantly full of negative stressors, mm -hmm. it's full of healthy stressors and you have good modeling in your life and you have the four factors we're going to talk about later. Yes, I, I believe so. On another scale, I believe that child children who are in negative stressors mm -hmm. that won't be able to happen because their nervous system is completely in survival mode all of the time. And they're not able to allow, that's not developmentally going to happen for them because their body's too focused on surviving instead of thriving and growing developmentally. Oh, okay. so have, there's a lot of factors in there, but I said overall, yes. Yes. Okay. It's it kind of speaks. Uh, I just finished an audible book by, by David Goggins. Uh, it can't hurt me. Navy SEAL who grew up in this atrocious environment mm -hmm. and he was always in his fight or flight kind of pattern in his life every day so he withdrew he didn't know how to read didn't know how to do stuff by on his own he'd wet the bed till he was like 11 or 12 years old you know but once he was out of the environment he started learning how to cope with those skills 
start learning those coping skills that I guess you'll touch up, touch base on a little bit later. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So you, you just, you just put all of that in a neat little bow with an example. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> awesome. I can't wait to unpack some more with you. Now, okay. are there any similarities between all the definitions that are out there about resilience? We see about overcoming obstacles, not giving up, staying strong, building thicker skin per se. And what does the research say about it? Um, so <laughs> every definition of resilience has the same elements. Mm -hmm. So those elements are a biopsychosocial set of elements, okay? That is your biology, which is your genes and interpersonal factors, meaning positive outlook on life, emotional intelligence, spirituality and faith, okay. and social and environmental factors, your socioeconomic status, your friends, a parent having a warm connection to you, social support and community resources and opportunities. All of those are within this framework that is the definition of resilience. Okay. okay. So a lot of research on resilience has only focused on minority populations mm -hmm. that either they're minority due to their culture or due to being in like war zones or mm -hmm. very traumatized areas. Okay. So we need more research, I think, on the average day-to-day -day life just of humans around the world because all cultures are different but just like i think we need more research on that and there is more research on that it's it's happening it's science so it's like evolving okay okay yeah now i know that with it evolving and there's always something new okay yeah how does that play to what you have studied and learned are you still in the loop of doing more research yourself about resilience yeah so my definite i keep creating my own definition of of resilience through everything that i'm reading right um but my definition right now is a person is able to self-regulate their nervous system helping to go through life stressors developing a self-actualized individual as they get to old age and then with this i believe that there needs to be more research done on mindfulness practices from i mean i wish in in utero you know you can only hope um but at, at a young age so like three years old four years old five years old okay. and then just keep pushing that through um but that has to be like a systemic change i think it has to be like a societal shift or at least a communal shift yeah. No, I totally agree. Um, if we don't put ourselves, <laughs> if we don't, we don't put ourselves out there and try to learn more about it in the normal day-to-day -day life, I think part of that becomes skewed, and then that becomes part of people's reality because they're not doing their own research as well. I I, I agree. Um, I wanted to add when we're speaking of resilience. We also need to realize, because I I hear a lot of people say, pull up your bootstraps, mm -hmm. thicker skin is resilience, mm -hmm. when really that's not what it is. Mm -hmm. And so that's what resilience is not. So I think to know what resilience is, we need to know what resilience is not. And um, 
So if, is it okay if I tell you what resilience is not? <laughs> so we can go, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. No, no, no. So um, your nervous system always being in a threat, which could include what poverty, divorce, negative family interactions, um, death, blended, being a blended family. It doesn't always mm -hmm. have to be crazy, right? It can just mm -hmm. be a blended cultural family. Um, parental, job loss, mental illness, that kind of thing, substance use. I'm not saying though that if you get a divorce or if there's these little things in there that your that your kids are going to be traumatized for the rest of your life and you're like the most mm -hmm. worst parent ever. Um, but I am saying that over time that accumulated stress and overwhelm is going to be stuck in the body because these stressors are now negative. They're not yeah. positive. You're not learning, right? Mm -hmm. So if we think of pull up our bootstraps, thicker skin, what you're doing is you're stuffing those emotions inside of you and resilience is not stuffing the emotions and sensations. Mm -hmm. It's working and moving through them. And so if it's modeled in the environment of the child, or if you just start doing it for yourself, then you're going to be able to understand it, work through it, and you'll be able to move beyond it. So mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think it's important for people to kind of get that in to their minds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You hear a lot of talk about growing thicker skin, pull up your bootstraps, yeah. quit crying, suck it up. Yeah. And it's geared a lot towards men in, in, in actuality. Mm -hmm. And I, I believe that that is creating so much discord among male and females in life in general, that it's causing a big old shift towards Absolutely. the negative. It is. We have to find balance though, right? Because with that, we've talked about, that's toxic masculinity. It's not mm -hmm. just bad for males. It's also bad for females. I would say mm -hmm. biological female and male. I think it's just bad for humans in general. Of course, of course. And it, and it, and it does create a division especially mm -hmm. in partnership because there is more masculine feminine energy in partnerships right no matter what your biological mm -hmm. gender is yeah so if you're unable to express this emotion like we have we have such different rules now for relationships right for partnerships of course the the, the woman is like i need you to be intimate this feminine energy is, I need you to be intimate. I need you to make a decision. I need you to be all of these 5,000 things that we never had to deal with in the past. And society's taking a really, like, it's like a sharp turn. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> so I'm like, okay, so we have to start getting into this. You have to allow your emotions to come up and feel it. And resilience would help with all of that. Mm -hmm. Like being able to work through it the way I'm talking about would be able to help with that. It would help all relationships in your life. It's very eye-opening that you say that. Uh, I, we have two boys, Grayson and Jameson, mm -hmm. and we're really struggling to try to teach them how to talk through the emotions and not like clam up. Innately, right. they see that through me because that's what I was taught all my life. And that's I'm true. having to work through those issues that I had so mm -hmm. that I can teach a younger generation on how to be more open, more intimate, more um, real and raw with their emotions. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that right there is a perfect example of epigenetics and having these lifelong cycles that are not like 
they're not for the highest and best for anybody. Like this stuff just isn't good. <laughs> like it's just, it's not good. Now, since you brought up you both of your kiddos, I think it's important to mention though that everyone is born with a certain set of epigenetics, genetics, mm -hmm. DNA, that kind of thing, right? They're also born as a different human. So your two boys are biologically yours and your wives, and they're going to experience resiliency differently. Mm -hmm. They're going to need different things to have mm -hmm. resiliency within their body. And I think it's important for everyone listening, watching to know that resiliency looks different for all different people, whether you're LGBTQIA plus community, which needs more social justice, right? Mm -hmm. or, you're, or you have differences, right? Some mental, emotional differences, or you um, have to be on substances like drugs in order to help your mental mentality. So the resilience is gonna be very different for everybody. And it's just important to know that and to not put a blanket statement of, this is resilience. And if I can do it this way, you can do it that way too, because that's not true. <laughs> that is not true. I feel like it's a personal journey. Absolutely. Absolutely. Personal journey that if you don't start unpacking and learning how to unpack that, it's really going to impact the way you live. Absolutely. God, look at you. You're just summing it up. You're just like, <laughs> it's like you're putting a bow on it every time I'm done. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, do you have any insight on what role resilience might play in high performing parents or families? I know we discussed yeah. a little bit, but let's go, yeah. let's, let's dig a little deeper about how it impacts families and parents, especially since you're going into that field. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, um, it's important to know what high performing means to you. That's different for everybody, right? Mm -hmm. Your high performing is going to be different than mine. And it's going to be different than X, Y, Z, you know? Exactly. So is it though, this is high performing Western style is I work really hard. I don't set time for uh, rest for dreaming about things for dancing, whatever, you know, um, being with your kids time to be still or give yourself permission for solitude as a parent. Okay. I'm not talking about kids here. I'm talking about parents. Well, I mean, they could go to, to kids, but for specifically for parents and are your kids in every activity imaginable, they have no rest time. Okay. Um, you see a lot of that now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They're on screens all the time because that's what schools, modern schools, public schools are going to. And they're just like they're striving for the grades, right? So it's not like you're stripping their childhood away from them and then handing them anxiety. You're like, exactly. here you go. Here's an anxious filled chaos, stressful life. Right? So to me, that means the body and the children, the, the parents and the children are not going to be in touch with their body. They're not going to be in touch with their emotions or sensations. Now for Western culture, that most Western culture, I mean, other people in the world, that would be high performing. Mm -hmm. To me, high performance is a positive balance that doesn't allow for dis-ease, disease to come into your life, right? And adults and children, um, throughout this human development process, you need downtime. You need time to, you know, 
go out and just enjoy yourself or maybe just stay at home. So it's just like Kim John Payne says that it's a soul fever. So if you have a fever and you get sick, you stay at home. The same thing with your kid. You don't let your kid go to soccer practice and that kind of stuff. When your kid starts to have these issues with resiliency, which you can tell when you start to, you can tell because you start to get uh, bitter. You start to lose your temper. You start to shut off. You start to get like anxious and you're tight. Like this is your body telling you, you need to take a break. You may not have an actual sickness, but your soul, your nervous system needs downtime. Of course. And that's bi-directional with you and your kids. So, you know, I think that the Western version of high performance is what causes disease, is what causes these things that we want to, we want to diagnose our kid. We want to be like, you have ADHD, you have anxiety disorder, you have like, put a label on it. right? You want to put a label on it because you want to know what's wrong when really mm-hmm. the environment that you're in is what's wrong most of of the time i'm not saying don't go to a doctor because your kid might need a doctor but i'm just (laughs) saying like if you look at it that's the negative stress i was talking about that is the layered stress that's overwhelming both of your nervous systems like the Mm -hmm. adult and the and the kids a lot of times we live in this fight or flight stage absolutely on adrenaline and that's fatiguing our system so much that we aren't able to sit down for more than five to 10 minutes without thinking of something else to do because we don't want to sit still or can't sit still. Yes, because it's uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because we don't know how to handle what's coming up. And so for me, a high performance adult is and kid is emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually balanced. And the parent will model this behavior, which models self-care, self-care, and it models a happy work-life balance, okay? I'm not saying both parents have to be in the home. This can be co-parenting or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, wanna, I wanna spread it out to every single parent there, there is, okay. right? Of course. Yeah, so. No, and I totally agree that a lot of times our society has deemed a high-performing parent or family as, mm-hmm busy from the time the sun comes up to the time the sun goes down and even in, and beyond. Exactly. Instead of that, if we, if we look at it as a seesaw type of experience, just like our nervous system, our nervous mm-hmm. system does this all day long. Mm-hmm. So when you're doing the kind of lifestyle you're saying, you're all the way up here, like all, all the, all time, the time, right? And then sometimes your kids or you can't handle it. Your nervous system can't handle it. So maybe you're way down here instead of in this beautiful space of the Mm -hmm. normal range. Well, life is like that. It's a seesaw of stuff. So we, we learn that on the other side of a hard thing, you got in a fight with a friend, you have the flu, like, um, you have a conflict with a coworker. Like if we're talking about adults and kids, we know that that that's a healthy stress. And we can, uh, if we're not always stressing our bodies out, like what you're talking about, we can start to separate healthy stress from unhealthy stress. And then you're able to know that there's a seesaw balance with that and you're not coupling all of them, right? So you start to feel overwhelmed and anxious. You can work through it. Does that make sense? No, it makes perfect sense. As a parent, we often sometimes find ourselves in the middle of the week so stressed out that we're 
snappy with our kids, snappy with each other. And that's just because we're trying to figure out how to come down from where we're at, from that high that we're at, Mm -hmm. that it's difficult to really take that time if you're always so busy. Yes. And and that's the thing is this this takes time. It's not a pill. Mm -mm. It's not like, here you go. This will work. Everything will be great. And you're right. You do have to take time out. Maybe, Maybe it's five minutes. Mm-hmm. But you do, as a parent, have to take time out and yes. and figure out what works for you to make your nervous system come back into a regulatory normal range for mm-hmm. you. Exactly. And when you and when when you do this, you're strengthening that ability to be resilient, to take responsibility, to own your abilities. Like you're you're building this this really nice. I don't know, platform for yourself. So it, 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 I don't know. I, I think it just comes with time. Relationships are hard. Oh my God, yeah. they're hard. They're really like, hard. Yeah. So I can't even imagine like, like if you're on this high perform, <laughs> Western high performing, your kids are up here, what, you're all on meds. Like, I don't know. Like, it just sounds terrible. It sounds like a train wreck. Like you're on a roller coaster all day. <clears throat> it does. It does. Instead of, instead of being able to know that we're like this really, mm-hmm. and these are, yeah. So yeah. I know that we talked about various characteristics of resilience. Are there, is there anything else that you would say would help us unpack the topic? Oh, <laughs> well, we, what we've talked about though, all, already, right. Mm-hmm. Comes into if we talk about characteristics of resilience is going to be like in the end result, we're talking okay. about how to form it, the end result of resilience. So how would you know if someone's resilient is that your child is having healthy brain development okay. and hormone development. They are, they have a strong immune system and they have a strong cardiovascular system. Right. So these are all characteristics of a person, a child more than likely, because this study was done by the University of Minnesota. So um, for kiddos, but I would like to, you know, say that they're basically the same for for adults Mm -hmm. as as well. As far as the development is concerned, it'd probably be for a kid. So, of course, though, this leads to better grades in school, lower Mm -hmm. dropout rates, less crime. So then there's that connectivity of of the world is if this is that ripple effect and we're doing this within our family lineages then it will affect the world within two generations one generation right yeah Mm -hmm. so i just had to think about that so let me think i have all my notes down here and i think that 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 we really hit a lot of that stuff but the characteristics of someone who would be resilient would be someone who could easily regulate their emotions, okay. who feels optimistic about life, mm-hmm. who has a good overall psychological well-being, who, um, yeah, who just is moving through these life situations. And this is through all, all ages, all ages. I think you hit on an important topic and it makes me wonder how many of our listeners or even ourselves are actually doing self-talk or even internalization of what we're actually going through to be able to see if, how healthy we are in emotionally, psychosocial, emo- and mental at the time, you know? 
what do you mean by self-talk? Like, are we, are we assessing so, ourselves? Is that what you're basically saying? Basically what I'm talking self-assessment? about. Self-assessment. Um, like I started doing uh, two goods and two bads throughout the day or one good, one bad. And I do one highlight for my life that I did well that day and something that wasn't my best that I could actually improve on, whether it was my attitude, whether I didn't internalize my feelings well enough that day and I snapped at somebody, stuff like that. Absolutely. I, uh, I am a journal fanatic. I make, mm-hmm. no, I don't make, but I pressure <laughs> people to, to, to journal um, because of that. I want to say thank you for allowing us to come into your space. We know that you're all busy. We know that you're on the go all the time. And I really do appreciate you showing the support, the love, and for helping us out as we share the message of living well, feeling well with the rest of the world. I'd like to ask a small favor. If you could please show your support as well by providing a little bit of feedback, sharing the podcast, and leaving us a few comments. We'd really like to know what you thought of this episode, how we're doing, and what other topics you might like to discuss as we move forward. Once again, we appreciate you. Thank you for showing up today and allowing us to come into your your personal space. Now back to our episode. Pressured me. Yes, <laughs> I do. I pressure everyone to journal, but um, because because if we think of the brainstem and the limbic system, this is Dan Siegel's hand model of the brain. Okay, it's on YouTube. Um, these areas are the oldest parts of the body. They're billions, millions of, of years old. Okay, they're ma- mammalian. And they are our flight, fight, freeze, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The only thing that speaks to these, these areas have different ways of being spoken to, like English. Mm-hmm. The only area in our brain that speaks English is our prefrontal cortex, and that's relatively new. Okay. These things, though, don't speak English. So they speak in writing, creativity, in um, imagery, in that kind of thing. Okay. So okay. when we're journaling, we're able to put language with what we're doing. And when we're doing that self-assessment, you're able to add your emotion in there too. How are you feeling as far as an emotion and your sensation when you're saying, these are my high points of the day. These are my low points of the day. Here's what I'm grateful for, for this day. Mm -hmm. Right. And you're able to kind of gauge that. So then the next day, you build on that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you're like, well, this is what I wanted to work on. So I'm going to do it. And so what you're doing is you're pruning these areas in in your brain. If you continually are aware, if you're not just writing it down and leaving it alone, like write it down and actually like put it in your life, you're going to prune these areas of your brain that are within this rut of the things that you're really not happy with. Right. So I call them low vibes in my, in my journal. Um, so anyway, you're going to start creating new neural pathways with the gratitude and with the high vibes. This is where I want my life to be Okay. that kind of thing. And it will actually create something new if you put it into your life and you put it into action. So what you're talking about is an amazing way to really change like your biology. Okay. It's a great way.
Yes. That's that that makes me internalize and feel good about what I'm doing. I actually yeah. took some advice from you and it's actually working. So huh? I give you, you two thumbs up on that. Thanks, thanks cause. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. It, it does it does work. And it's just really healthy too. It's very it healthy. It so. really helps me unpack the day and yes. really not and it helps me relax. Yeah, it does. It helps now me relax. We, now we know why songs certain songs hit us a certain way because it's speaking to how we're feeling or the writer may have been going through the same things that we're going through. So they're writing about it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And if you think about frequency, vibration, tone, all of that, like their energy is going into that song. Like, like mm -hmm. energy is going into those words. I'm going to say most songs, not all songs, because some, some of these songs out there, I'm like, oh. <laughs> I don't know what but, you were. Yeah, I'm like, that's not, it's not a song. Um, but, <laughs> but, but, but yes. So if you think of that energetic vibration as well, like what you're putting in your body, like, and that's why it does affect us. We're emotional beings and we're like absorbing that frequency. Mm -hmm. So it completely makes sense. Of course, of course. Yeah. Now, we talk about we've talked about the different characteristics we've mm -hmm. talked about the definition of resilience the definition mm -hmm. of high-performing parents western versus a more of a holistic approach to high-performing parents yeah being balanced yeah and we've talked a little bit about your programs that you've touched the somatic teachings and stuff like that mm -hmm. now could you tell us a little bit more about that yeah so <laughs> somatic experience is a way for individuals to get to understand the sensations in their body and mm -hmm. what those sensations are telling them okay? okay so this is easier with biological females <laughs> than it is with biological males because of what we spoke about earlier mm -hmm. Okay. Unless the biological male grew up in a very securely attached home where all of this stuff that we're taught, resiliency is being modeled, taught all that, mm -hmm. like they're being taught all this, they're, they're most more than likely going to come in and be like, I don't feel anything. Okay. And then I'm like, so, or you're like, what are you feeling? Mm. Like they have no idea. And I'm like, great. So, 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 so then we move into different parts of the brain, you know, like what words are coming up, what sensate, what images okay. are coming up, right? More of a guiding path. Absolutely. So you're giving, we give males uh, a little more guidance so they can pick and choose and, and, uh, so we're still having our hand held even in therapy, right? No, no, no. I wouldn't call it that. Y'all are, but I, I would say we're, I mean, un, undoing programs that you've been programmed with from society, from generation to generation, from your family. From movies, music. Yeah. It, I mean, whew, and, and women, you know, we're, we're programmed in a whole different way. Suppression, oppression, all this stuff like this. So there's a whole lot other stuff to unpack with that. But for somatic experiencing, it works like what I said. Somatic experiencing is literally the what you would do in order to move through the energy that's stuck in the body. Okay. So okay. let's say right now I'm, I'm angry, right? And I'm going to notice that maybe you were doing this with your hands. 
-hmm. you're like, oh, I'm just angry. Oh, I'm just angry. And I'm like, oh, I'm noticing that you're doing this with your hands. What if we did this and held it and then let it go really slow? And then I might have you slow it down, that kind of stuff. And the person's going to start noticing like a, a release of energy. So if you, you have stuck anger in the body and it's showing up to me, it's presenting to me, like I can see it, you're in your hands. Mm-hmm. I might have you do something with your hands. I might have to maybe have you push, maybe have you wring out a rag. Like it's okay. small, simple stuff, mm-hmm. but it moves the energy through the body. And so it starts to regulate the body redirecting it throughout and out yeah in and out it's just in and out in in and through and i'm not saying that you're never gonna have these experiences again like if i have a very traumatizing event that has happened to somebody uh let's say just i'm gonna say traumatizing event because i don't want to trigger anybody so um a traumatizing event and then it may not be that that is completely gone, but it might mean that we've worked through it and I've given you skills. I've taught you some skills, mm-hmm. maybe shoulders up, shoulders down slowly while breathing. That's a, that's a skill to okay. regulate your nervous system, right? So there's simple things you can do. So next time this person's triggered by their by something having to do with their traumatic event, they may not be as triggered as long. It may not okay. be a week that their nervous system is out of balance. Okay. It may be a day and then it may work itself down to an hour. And the intensity of it may not be so much. Your, your nervous system isn't going to hijack your body. Okay. And so with somatic experiencing, that's what I, we, do we try to help people do and it takes some time like sometimes it's a complete release you're perfectly fine sometimes it's just like a little bit out of time it's titration so yeah sounds like it's a great experience for those who are on this path to better themselves and want to do better absolutely Absolutely. I would call this a very much holistic approach, yet it's okay. also it's also like a proven therapy by Dr. Peter Levine. So it's great. <laughs> because yeah. I say it's a lot better than having to go punch something, like punching a wall that most guys would do or punching something. Yes. Something. And that and that doesn't work, right? So it feels good relieving that energy. Exactly. But you haven't fixed why that's there. Mm-hmm. You haven't well, you're not broken. You haven't you haven't guided your, I guess, mind into guiding that emotion into a different way and then figuring out why you're feeling the way you're feeling and then kind of working through that wound, right? Because anger is just, anger, all these emotional words, these are just words that we label onto sensation. Okay, okay. Yeah. So once again, we go back to putting labels on something so we can understand it better. Right. We, we, we do that. Humans love to have control. We love to have control. And yet in a vicious cycle, it gives us more anxiety when we don't have control. It does. Because this girl learned that the hard way. <laughs> so, but, um, <laughs> but I, 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 I will say though, that we want to label it and it, and it is good to, to label. It's good to label your sensation as I'm feeling fuzzy or this or that, but it's also just like we talked about earlier, we couple things like I'm excited versus mm-hmm. I feel anxious mm-hmm. and those get coupled because do. we don't, because the sensation in the body 
we we're not aware of this sensation means anxiety this sensation means excited or am i feeling this way or am i feeling that way and we have to like figure out what that is and so we can uncouple it yeah no that makes perfect sense a lot of times even i see this in my little boys they have a hard time explaining what they're feeling they don't know how to explain it yeah. and i see the same pattern in myself as yeah. well as other people that work with or encounter daily they don't know how to deal or express what they're feeling because they've never really learned how to unpack it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I would say developmentally, because um, your kiddos are young, right? How old are they? We have a 12-year-old girl, Audrey, a six-year-old boy, Grayson, and a four-year-old boy, Jameson. So from six and four, they're not really going to be able to label their emotions like mm -hmm. really great, like a human, you exactly. know, so, or like an adult human. It's like you're talking to a kid as an adult, but they don't have the developmental capacity yeah. to understand you as an adult. So it overloads their nervous system. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's why there's a lot of information out there, like Dr. Becky Bailey with conscious discipline and that kind of stuff. There's like, it's like, um, if you think of child oriented learning, so like with Montessori and Waldorf, they like have like the, the faces and they have like the colors. And mm -hmm. so the child can start connecting that to it. Of course. Right. And then that obviously is going to build into adults who know how to label their emotions. So I, now I will say though, um, in sensation, I will say though, that I think practicing is the best medicine. So whenever we start to notice that we're stressed out or we're snapping at somebody, just stop and figure out what's going on in your body. Even if you can't feel your sensation, just like notice what images are coming up, what's happening mm -hmm. right now in your body that is you know, it's correlated to that. And I think that people, if they just start stopping themselves and then feeling that, then they're going to be way more aware. People just aren't aware. They have, no. some people don't even know they have a body from here down, not joking. Like, like yeah, it's just this. They're like, what are you talking about? Like they're just, and they're so disassociated mm -hmm. from their body. I agree. Oh, yeah. No. A fact. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, people are like, no, I'm not. I'm like, mm. <laughs> okay. This uh, brings an interesting topic about, I was reading more about Nelson Mandela and his resiliency during the whole imprisonment. But one of those interviews that he did afterwards, he talked about forgiving those that wronged him. Absolutely. In order for him to be able to heal and move on. I think a lot of, a lot of times, we are still holding on to so much stuff that's happened or that we didn't accomplish that it's impacting the way that we live our life. Absolutely. And I think that when we allow that to happen, resiliency obviously is knowing that forgiveness is different than forgetting. We need to forgive. We also are aware of the way our body is responding when we're thinking of all of these lower vibrational things like this person said this to me, I didn't accomplish this. This is my timeline. And so we start to notice what is making our body go into a low vibe, right? Mm -hmm. Into a, um, I'm going to say the awareness of the body is we're just noticing when our nervous system is either is out of range, either up here in fight flight or down here in freeze. 
right? And so with Nelson Mandel, like, good Lord, he's like amazing. <laughs> so he's like he a is. great human. But I guess for the majority of the people out there, like, um, it is important to come into practices like that. And for me, that yes. means you have to have spirituality and faith. But um, forgiving is, 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 is huge. It is very huge. Being able to have compassion for yourself is huge because when we don't have compassion, that frontal lobe goes bloop, and it comes offline. So all of this stuff you're learning, all this okay. stuff, this, this great, these great things that, that, that you're like telling yourself, they're no longer there because your body's hijacked by this, right? And so when we start to have more compassion, when we start to have that forgiveness, forgiveness isn't forgetting. Forgiveness is just forgiving that event. So you're not held on to, like you're not holding on to you. You start to, this is on fire, right? When it's up like this. And so when you start having that compassion and forgiveness and all of that, you bring your frontal cortex, your prefrontal cortex back online mm -hmm. and it starts to put this fire out. And you think mm -hmm. of a little heart right here and that's where it is. And you're just like, oh, I love you. And you just start having compassion for yourself. And then it turns all of that off and you will start to come out of that a little bit. I still have obsessive thoughts that are, they're just so negative. And I'm just, you know, and I'm like, I'm putting my energy towards this and look what it's doing to my nervous system. It's just pumping out all of this terrible stress hormone and that's oh, not yeah. good for anybody. Raises our cortisol levels. We start getting anxious. We start mm -hmm. snapping at people. I think we're all guilty of that at some point. Absolutely. Cause it's because we're humans. Of course. But of course. I think at the point though, once you're aware of it, you have to start doing something about it. You yeah. can't just be like, oh, well. Like I'm not resilient because resilience can be built and it might be easier just like learning different languages as a child. It might be easier if you had it as a child and it will be harder as you get older. And if you didn't have it as a kid, just like learning a different language, but it's still possible. It yeah, I know possible. a 70 year old who's learning Greek. Wow. She lives in Greece. It's hard okay. though for her. Well, so the resilience is the same thing. It's all developmental. As long as you take the time to practice, I feel that resiliency yeah. can be built. Absolutely. And if, and just like you spoke about earlier at the very beginning, if partnerships, if they both take time to look at their shit, get their own counselors, then maybe have a couple's counselor. Of course. Right. And then I didn't mean to, sorry if I, I I'm hoping kids aren't going to watch this, I guess, because I said guess. But so if you're willing to look at it and you're willing to do the work, you can change. We're not predestined. No, for of course not. So I think we can all be molded as long as we take the time. And yeah, we, and we're, doing we're either molded by bad decisions or molded by growth in our open mindset, a growth mindset. Yeah. And growth mindset, remember, can only for, for, for people watching growth mindset can only happen if your body's not in fight, flight, freeze. Your body's not going to want to grow and learn all these things no. if it's in danger. Nope. So that's where the environment heavily comes in. Of course. What environment are, are you in? What people are you surrounding yourself with? Just like those four things that we talked about earlier, the things that foster resilience those are the things that even adults have to think about so they can be resilient yeah of course now i know we talked about resilience being able to be 
honed as a skill per se yeah. and grown and nurtured and fostered. Now, what would be some tips for someone who is looking or has been searching for a way to start their resilience journey? journey? Well, I will say there's, you're going to post those links down below, right? Or yes, however you're going to do it. So FYI, everybody, <laughs> there are links below that you can feel out and see what you think would give you the most support and resource for that. I would say organizations with the outline of a community such as school, um, scouts, religious or spiritual extracurricular activities, uh, teaching social skills as leadership, uh, cooperation, contributing to welfare of others like homeless shelters, West Texas Food Bank, okay. um, animal shelters, that kind of stuff. Like these are things that will start to build resilience within your community. That's what you can do for yourself. What you could also do for yourself is if you really do need counseling, it's time to stop having stigma around it and go to a counselor mm -hmm. and start to figure out how and why your body is doing what it's doing. Because if you're living a life where you don't really like it, then figure it out, do something about it. You can't just keep okay. waiting. For, no one's going to come into your life and do it for you. Of course, so of like, so go and find a counselor and then start becoming part of these communities. Like you don't have to go to counseling the rest of your life, but I'm just, I'm just saying, you just have to find the, the right friends, the right tribe for, for mm -hmm. you to be a part of. If you have issues with your family, figure out ways to repair that or create boundaries, do some freaking boundary work because resiliency is so messed up like it's going to be triggered every time if you don't have boundaries yes yes yeah you can um, still you love know. your family even if yes. they're toxic to you as long as you have those boundaries that are going to yes. keep you safe absolutely absolutely and so podcasts listening to better music eating better mm -hmm. having a healthier lifestyle drinking water the most organic non-gmo food that you can afford it's just like less toxins. So like you're starting to release the fog. If, mm -hmm. if you do that, you're gonna detox, right? From yes. people and stuff like that. You're yes. gonna start releasing that fog. And so you can raise your vibration. Resiliency yes. is your vibration. Like your literal tone of your body needs to be raised. And you can't do that if you're smoking, if you're drinking all the time, if you're around toxic people, if you're eating toxic food, if you're stressed out all the time, like what we talked about with mm -hmm. high performance, Western size family, like you can't foster resilience in an environment that is not going to foster resilience. <laughs> like you course. can't build it if you don't. So it's creating that environment for yourself and spirituality. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry if people are atheists watching this. I know that there's something though. If you're atheist, you have something to believe in. There's something out there, right? Like yes. hold on to something that might be bigger than you. It is you, but bigger than you. You can put your faith in. And yes. that is how you raise your vibration as well. Yeah, I believe personally that faith is one of the main reasons that we're still going. We as in the humanity or we as, we as myself. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't know what you meant. But, that, um, um, yeah. Personally, faith has been a major building block in yeah. my 
it has been a pillar that's not been shaken. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and, and that's it right there. Whenever you feel like everything's going to hell, you just, <laughs> you got to have faith that it's all going to work out for you. You got to dig well, deep and hold on to what you believe in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I don't know, whenever I say create an environment too, it might mean creating a sacred space for yourself, non-toxic candles, music, stones, plants, affirmations. I have affirmations over there on the wall. Let's um, see those. Yeah. So, I mean, they're everywhere, <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's <laughs> So, yeah. And, 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 and reading self-help books, yes. listening to podcasts and doing the work in the book. You cannot just change if you just read the book. You have to nope. do the work in the book. Yes. So FYI to everybody, you're like, I read this book and nothing changed. I'm like, well, <laughs> you didn't do the work. So, yeah. And it's really not that hard, but it's also really important that people know that this takes time. It Your does. nervous system has to be safe in order to change. Yeah. And this, so it's titrated. Yes. This isn't like a one and done situation. It's just not. We're all guilty of wanting results tomorrow. Of course we are. We're humans. We're humans. We live in a first world country. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. Usain Bolt made a, um, was talking, interviewing about how he spent his whole life preparing for nine seconds. And, you, and people expect to see results in one month and then they give up because they didn't see them. Mm. Which makes that perfect sense. Powerful. That is powerful. That is powerful. So it makes you think about all the things that we're doing, expecting results within a certain given amount of time. And when we don't see that change, that fast or those three weeks, six weeks, 90 days, we give up. Absolutely. And that's something to also realize too, is when we bring in resiliency, when we bring in this type of lifestyle, we're going to start trusting ourselves more. I'm going to go back to what you just said. We're going to start trusting ourselves more and we're not going to put so much emphasis on outside things affecting us. It's us affecting our environment, our reality. So you start to have more intuition. You're listening to your head brain, your heart brain, your gut brain. And with that, you're not going to give up as easily. Nope. You're going to be able to have discernment. And I believe that wanting something right away, right away is a control thing. And I'm like, what is your hope for this? Well, my boyfriend will come back to me. My husband and I won't get divorced. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all of these little things that you notice you're holding on to, but you're holding on so tight. You're going to cut your hand. You're going to get rope burn. Of course. You just let go, have faith, foster resilience, start trusting yourself. Then all of this is going to come. And I'm not saying don't have goals, I'm not saying don't have a goal, but I'm saying it's going to take time to get to that goal. And it's not linear. It goes mm -hmm. like this. Yeah. So it's just being able to have faith allows you to get to that goal, but not be so mad that it didn't go this way, <laughs> you know, and I don't have this. If I, if, if I had what I wanted when I was 21 or 22, I would just, no, like, yeah. oh, girl was different back then. Like, I bet, I bet. <laughs> it would be the worst. <laughs> so, but, I think, I think also that. you bring up a yeah. point about how, our path isn't linear when we try to reach something. But yeah. also, if we see that we failed, 
I don't necessarily see it as a failure. I see it as a lesson and we keep going. But a lot of times we don't give ourselves grace to fail. Oh, yes, you have to. And again, that is in that societal learning, maybe cultural learning Mm -hmm. in your family learning that you have to get the top prize or you're a failure. You have to do this or you're a failure. No, God loves you no matter what creator source, whatever you want to call it loves you no matter what your soul is perfect the way it is you can sit on the couch all day long be a couch potato and never do anything with your life and you're going to be great like as far as afterlife's concerned okay so it's like you you can't allow other people's expectations to drive your life to affect your life you can't do that you have to have discernment and go i'm content with myself and you know, this might be true, but this is not true. And remember when we do that, when we're like, I'm a failure, our brain goes on fire and we just are in this low vibe. We're in this survival state. But like you said, if we look at life as a life experience, as a lesson learned, and we actually learn from that lesson, it might have to happen, you know, a few thousand times, Kendra, but I learned it, right? (laughs) So when I started doing that, I started instead of getting down on myself, oh, Kendra, you're this, you're this, you're this. And I started being like, well, here's the lesson. Let me do all this self-work and figure this out. I started having compassion for myself and then it all changed. It all stopped. I mean, it, it was, it's, it's crazy. It, I mean, because it, it, it works, but have your goal. Just don't have a, don't have like a set dead plan that that's what it should be. Because God's going to give you something you want even more. Of course. Exactly. Right? Of, I be believe it. We're putting it out there. We're going to receive more than what we ever imagined. Yes. The universe is abundant. It's limitless. Like, I mean, I wish people would understand that. It's not just work, sleep, home. That's nope. it. I'm going to die. Like, There's it's more to it. Beautiful. And we are amazing beings. I mean, have you seen how your mouth or your genitals will like heal really quick? Mm-hmm. Like, cause those are the fastest healing parts of our body, but it's just like, our body is like magic. So if we just give it that vibe, if we just give ourselves that and we give ourselves that grace and that permission to have our crap days and then move on, of course, you know, but that's what, that's what it's all about. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Kendra, it's yes. been so good catching up with you again. <laughs> <laughs> I've enjoyed our time. I can't, I, I could just talk to you forever. I know. I could talk to you forever too. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything that you would really say as major highlights or two or three things that you want your list, our listeners to really take away from today's uh, vlog? Life is hard. Life is hard. (laughs) Life experiences give you a way to navigate your nervous system. Yes. And if you're able to do that, then you will be able to live a life that you really love, a life that you want for yourself, you want for your future generation, you're able to heal yourself. You're able to heal your generations before you and after. So even though life is hard, you use those experiences to foster your resilience 
and that's going to give you a life that you really love. Of course. And if, I don't know. I, I I don't know that that's more than like three things, but 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 life is worth living. It is relationships it is. and connections to yourself and building resilience. It's it's all worth it. It's kind of difficult, but it, it's worth it. It is worth it. Yeah. It's the most rewarding, most difficult job that we'll ever have. Yeah. And you're not doomed. I'll say that. Parents out there that think they're terrible parents, people who have grown up in awful circumstances, you're not doomed. There are there's so much support and resource out there for you. So take advantage of it. Yes, yes. Thank you, Kendra, once again yeah. for being with us. You're this welcome. is Coach Cause. And just remember, we'll have links down below to all the wonderful resources that Kendra has provided for us. Stay safe. Have fun. Be loving to one another. Be kind to each other. Have a great evening. Bye, Kendra. As we wrap up today's first episode, I want to say thank you to you, the listener, for allowing us to come into your personal space, for allowing us to take time from your busy schedule, and for allowing us to share the message of living well, feeling well. I also want to say thank you to Kendra for allowing us to take time from her mindful practice, for giving us those valuable resources, and for sharing her world with us today. I'd like to also ask you, the listener, to be able to share this podcast with others to provide some feedback for us and let us know in the comments how we did let us know also what we can do to support you what are the topics you'd like to discuss or listen to and if you have any questions feel free to reach out to us i want to say thank you again enjoy the rest of your day have a blessed day